You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast Deer Season Special. These bonus episodes revolve around deer hunting stories and experiences from a host of deer hunters. These whitetail hunting BS sessions will be launched every week during the 2023 hunting season, adding fuel to your fire in the deer woods. Be entertained and hopefully learn something along the way. The title sponsor of the Deer Season Special Series is Vantage Point Archery, home to the toughest machined one-piece broadheads made in the USA. VPA products are built to last, which is why they have a lifetime warranty, and if you're not completely satisfied, you can send it back, which I highly doubt will occur. New to the lineup this year is VPA's Omega Broadhead. It combines the features of a single bevel with strength of a double bevel. This broadhead also comes with lay flat sharpening technology. You heard right, a single bevel broadhead you can lay flat and sharpen without a jig. You can find the Omega and all the other broadheads at vparchery.com. The Pennsylvania Woodsman is also brought to you by Radix Hunting, home of the MCOR cell camera, stick and pick camera accessories, and much more. Also brought to you by Vitalize Seed, a one-two planning system designed with diversity and biology in mind, making it the best food plot available. And lastly, by Huntworth Gear, quality hunting clothing at an affordable cost, makers of heat boost technology. This week we're joined by Aaron Hepler. Aaron and I are going to swap roles this week, and Aaron's going to be the host as we break down my buck harvest for 2023 in Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about the stories leading up to this hunt from the off-season work to my New Jersey hunt as we touch on and then getting into the meat and potatoes of the evening of October 27th. It's a great episode. We swap a lot of stories. We share a lot of experiences. It's a great episode. Hope you guys enjoy it and I hope that your season is going well. Enjoy. You know, I love cameras. Fortunately, like I, why well, I have cell cams or you run cell cam. I, um, I don't have a lot of areas where I get really great reception that I like to hunt. Um, or me, you know, maybe I'll have enough bars to send a text while I'm hunting, but it's not, it's like, it's in and out of like SOS or, you know, um, I think there, there definitely is a difference, but I think that like a lot of people are forgetting about the woodsmanship part of it so i think that sometimes if you're like really relying on the dopamine drip that you get from like checking up pictures um if you're just really relying on that for hunting you kind of stop having fun hunting because you're not getting you're not taking out of hunting what you need to and then you forget to like 
oh, well, I'm hunting where there isn't a deer trail anymore. There's no poop around here. There's no deer track. Well, I think you really need, it's a fine balance. And I'll tell you, like, I hit that buck this year and I checked that camera. I had checked that camera. I don't, when did I check that one? I think I checked it in September. And from the time that I checked it, or no, I didn't. I checked it one other time. I went in there to hunt in the first week of the season. I checked it. And I went back in there um, to hunt for this 10-pointer because, like, I knew this is kind of – it's kind of like the big buck in the air where you ever get up there kind of always does – they all, like, they take each other's place from year to year. Yeah. And they kind of – it's they almost assume the same personality. It's very odd, you know. But – um, I had, I had an idea. I had the big buck on there that I, we had last year on, on November 1st. And I was like, well, I know they like to move through this area, cruising, cruising doe bedding or whatever. And, um, I pulled the camera after I hit that buck. We had three bucks on that from the first week of the season to when I shot him. And I was like, there's only three deer on here. And I just saw four bucks this morning. Only he was the only big one. Mm -hmm. But I was like, none of those deer were on the camera and none of them were going to be on the camera. Like there's just so much room around a oh. camera that you don't, especially when you're big woods hunting. Like if you don't got like, like that deer only has to walk five feet out of the frame and that's not a hard thing to do. I've heard people talking about multiple camera angles in certain locations to try to catch stuff and one camera misses. Yeah. Greg, more. Greg Glicksinger will put two cameras next to each he was other talking about that, yeah. yeah he um he picked that up from johnny i guess okay because he's told me that for a couple articles that was his trail camera tip so then when i had to go to johnny i'm like uh greg already used your hang two cameras in the same spot <laughs> oh oh that's the one i was gonna use you know <laughs> <laughs> he should have just said i'm gonna use that again because greg stole that from me yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, Johnny's got plenty to say. He's a nice guy. He is. He's a chatterbox. I had him on. I did an episode uh, with him end of summer, beginning of fall that I'm going to drop here soon. Mm -hmm. uh, man, he's just just genuinely loves to just talk, dear. Yeah, he does. Cameron Cameron always is like, there's not a human on earth that's more like a whitetail than Johnny Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He's pretty funny, man. I like he that guy. He is pretty funny. We're we're we're, uh, we're we're going here like a half hour. We didn't even get to the. We're yeah, we got to get to the meat and potatoes. The, yeah, the meat and the potatoes. So we're we're sitting here yakking away about all things whitetail hunting uh, with uh, Mr. Aaron Hepler. Yeah. So good evening, folks. Yeah, let you. Do I'm going to be your guest host today. You are going to be the guest. We host. uh we got we got ourselves on here, a Mr. Mitchell, <laughs> to talk about talk about his season. Man, you've had a you had a bang up season. Yes, I have. Tell me about New Jersey first, because we didn't really like you, you killed a buck in New Jersey, which is you were on public there or not. Yeah. Yeah. And New Jersey is like, we, we all know it's the armpit of the nation. It's where it you know, all the dirty things go. <laughs> um, you know, uh, some of my friends say that the ocean can just swallow it up and, um, they have some choice words. I feel for, bad for Greg. Yeah. Well, that's what I, so we have, um, some of the guys that I hunt with, with Clint were like, ah, screw New Jersey. And I was like, wait, wait, what about Greg? And they're like, 
when New Jersey gets swallowed up by the ocean, he can he can cross the border. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so tell me about it was pretty warm that week, huh? Uh, later in the week got warmer. Yeah. It, um, so the first day was the we're like the, old men here 12th. talking about the weather. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty warm, yeah. <laughs> it was. And you know, it's funny. You know, I remember when I was a kid, we joke about like the old older t- people talking about that. Yeah. It's amazing how well I remember the weather now. It's stupid. Oh yeah. But anyway, I the, remember it from last year. It was northwest wind, sixteen miles an hour. <laughs> it was about thirty-two degrees. It was perfect. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, the the twelfth, the first day was at Monday, mm-hmm. and that, that was when we actually had a cold front come through because it was like that was the first oh, day yeah. that it was in the thirties, right? Yep. So I remember I was a little bit chilly, but as the week went on, it it did warm up. In yep. fact, the the day I shot mine, I was in a t shirt, but um, it was down opening day. And I had a tree picked out. It was a spot I had a camera that I had a lot of pictures on. I mean, it was to a point where I was getting daily bear pictures of the, at this spot. Yeah. Which I was blown away by. And I, I had figured at this one camera, I had for sure, well, from the minute that, from the day I put it out in the first 24 hours, I'm confident I had nine different ones on it. And mm. it might have been 12. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, like I said, it was polluted with bear. It was close to a cornfield. It was between the corn and the swamp. It was a good spot. I ended up seeing the wind was doing 180 degrees different what they were calling for. Yeah. So that kind of burned me a little bit, I think. I saw a sow with four cubs that morning. And the buddy I was with, he saw, uh, he saw nine different bear. We had a great day. We saw a bunch of bear, but uh, we saw a lot of pressure, and I got kind of nervous about what that's going to bring when when the muzzleloader season opened up later in the week right um didn't see anything on tuesday and i had to go home because i had kid duty Mm -hmm. and i was back and forth like do i go back down do i not go back down like you know what i wanted to do this i put time scouting in it i've wanted to shoot a bear with my bow i'm just going back down so i went back down thursday and that was the first day of the the overlap muzzleloader and archery so Two of us had bows. Two of us had muzzle loaders. Um, eight o'clock in the morning, my buddy Jason shot, shot a real good one, like a hundred fifty pound male. Nice. Uh, and then I ended up shooting uh, a buck in the morning and my bear in the evening. Yeah. So that was that was crazy. Um, That's a good day. It was a good day, and it was funny because I had fully expected. Like I, I was telling you about this early in the year. Like I just didn't take the time to do a lot in the off season. But mm-hmm. one thing I did in September, I had off Fridays in September. So I think three out of the four of them, I went down and scouted in New Jersey. Yeah. And we never got to do that because we had planned on doing something together. We we live five minutes apart people. And, yeah, and you, you <laughs> think that we like live miles apart in, in order to yeah. schedule something, to do something together. It's just, Juggling it's getting schedules. better though. This is the second time we've uh, we've it, hung it, out. It's, and like it's getting yeah, easier. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen this year. It's definitely easier. But yeah, I mean, I was on cloud nine at that point. I mean, my season was complete at that point. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think? It what what were the factors that made those the good movement for you? Because you said the cold front had already. You shot it in t shirt. Yeah, I think it was. So we uh, we adjusted. So we hunted our spots. Day one, mm-hmm. and we did see bear. Mm-hmm. And look, looking back on it, I was making a mountain out of a molehill because 
We had a great day. We saw a bear. I just got so nervous because some of them I knew got chased by people Mm because it was multiple people. Some were archery hunting. There was people walking with dogs, and we were afraid that where they were going. That we found a fresh tree stand. We thought, are these you know people setting up for muzzleloader on Thursday? We didn't know what kind of pressure we were going to get. Right. And all the bear into the cattails, into the swamp. Mm -hmm. And I have in my mind at home, like you get the pressure, they're going to hole up. Are we going to see them later in the week? So. I overthought everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tuesday, we hunted in the morning, and then we got down, and uh, Mark, who I was hunting with, uh, we scouted together. And that was the first time we actually got to scout mm-hmm. together down there. Mm-hmm. Every other time, it was like he went down one time, I went down one time. But we looked at a couple different areas a little bit closer. Yeah. And that helped, uh, helped me in my mindset fine-tune stand location. So... This place that I went to on Thursday, there was uh, there was cattail swamps on either side, but there was this pretty decent sized point. I mean, at the widest part was probably 150 yards uh-huh. at the widest point, but it kind of goes out and then next down farther into the swamp. Okay. And uh, on either inside corner of this of this point, there was different swamps, right? So yeah. I we had made a decision that I was going to sit on the one inside corner mm-hmm. and uh, my buddy Jason who shot the bear, he was going to sit at this other inside corner. Yeah. We had actually put a camera there and started getting bear on it. And you know, that we made one little movement to a different area, but it was zero pressure. We had no people, we saw no people. And looking at that part of the swamp from a hundred yards difference was incredible because he saw four bear. He shot, uh, there was two bear that came in when he shot his, he said they were about the, both the same size. He just picked one and shot it as he's sitting there excited. He saw a third bear come in and then he called me and I'm on the phone with him and he goes, here comes a fourth one. I'm like, you're kidding me. So I ended up, picking up and moving over to where he was sitting on this Mm -hmm. inside corner. But I think it was just the, it made me realize I need to be more thorough with my scouting, but we did some scouting that week and adjusted and just moved to a spot where it set up really well. There was a, there was a cattail marsh that came to a hard corner. There was a hardwood point and then there was this grassy marsh area and they were just kind of making this round on the edge of the, the cattails and it was a good spot and made an adjustment and that's where I sat and killed the bear. Nice. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, oh, too much That's, overthinking. <laughs> yeah, but it's such it's such a cool thing. And you guys killed two or three? We killed two. Um, so uh, Jason and I killed the same day. He shot his in the morning, and then I moved over and set up at a tree that was like 60 yards from where his was. Okay. I shot my buck out of that tree. Nice. And then we got the buck and the bear out. And then I went back in and shot uh, my bear that evening. Uh, Mark, so that was two. Mark went, Mark could have shot. So Mark is one of those guys who's shot like a pile of bear. Like mm. He shot six in Pennsylvania, so he two with waiting. a crossbow. Okay. So he wanted to shoot a big one. Yeah. He actually on. Are the there first, big ones in New Jersey? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. There was a couple that I know bear are hard to judge, but. I'm pretty confident that there was one that was probably north of four or 500. Like okay. It was a pretty yeah. big bear. Um, he passed one the first morning, like seven o'clock the first morning. It, he's guessing was around a 200 pound bear. It was 15 yards and he left it go. He's oh, okay. Like, 
first 15 minutes and there's a bear and, yeah. and he and he left it go he's like i probably should have shot it so there you have it folks new jersey's good for something some some bear hunting <laughs> so in four days four i think it was four days of hunting between four of us some of these are the same bear but we saw 31 bear i know some of them were the same it was 31 individual bear sightings yeah so that was a that's a lot of bears it was and i tell you what i can't wait to go back it yeah, was, it that's was cool. You don't like, you can't, they're not, they're not easy to figure out around here like that. Like they don't do the same thing every day. And I've they don't, heard people talk about it, that, that they are, but I've never seen it. I think there are places that you could, right. um, you know, especially if you're like a mile away from a bird feeder, you might be able to get them on a bird feeder pattern or something. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, uh, the the closest I think I've ever come is like if we go back in there and that thing I told you about, they might be, they seem to be holding up in that. Like I okay. heard them breaking around in there and they think they didn't come out. So they're probably, probably hanging out in there, but there you go. Munching on gut piles and stuff. You're going to have some time to go in bear season or I have the opening bear weekend off. You do? Nice. And nice. I don't know. I think, I don't know if my wife works or not, but I probably can probably be able sneak to out for an afternoon yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, and force uh, this area is um, is uh, open for that extended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like if I would, if I would have some time opening week of rifle season, deer. Like where do I want to go? Yeah, for that for that very reason, because I can't shoot a buck now. Oh, that's true. Well, I got a place for you to go. <laughs> Good. We'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> I got actually I got a couple places for you to go but um so I don't remember what did I call you for that day we talked you had shot uh shot me a text we hadn't talked for a while and you shot me a text said hey are you doing anything today and I'm like actually as you mentioned it I'm driving yeah, to go I hunting Yeah I think I think we just wanted to catch up and talk about the beginning of the seasons and we ended up talking for I don't know, an hour or so while you were it on It was your... like an hour and a half because yeah. where I was hunting, it was a two-hour drive. To yeah, and um, you know, we, we talked about hunting. We talked about life. We talked about a lot of good things. And then, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I'm almost here, so just about to we'll head out to the stand. And I, I don't remember if I was hunting that evening or not, but that it was pretty warm that evening, right? It was hot. Yeah, it, it was, was hot. It was like almost eighty degrees, I think. Yeah, it was, or at least here. It, it was, was definitely low seventies. And I remember Saturday when I brought the deer down, it was eighty degrees. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, we you know kind of wished each other luck, and it was. I think that we were kind of getting excited because there was a, a front coming in. Yeah. Like the next week. Monday was looking real good yeah, that week. Yeah, because it was like, that was like leading into Halloween or whatever, yep. like the 31st. And um, so it was a Friday, I think, right? It was Friday. Yeah. yeah. I'd cut out of work early and, and yeah. decided I want yeah, to get up so to the Yeah, so it was Friday the 27th. Maybe it was right? the 27th. Yeah, because that Monday was the 30th, I think. Okay, so it was the 27th. Think, well, yeah. whatever. It's one one way or the other. There was a cold front coming. We were excited about the cold front to hunt around local, whatever. And, um, you know, we we talked about everything under the sun on your way out there. And, uh, you know, like two hours later, you're like, I just shot a hammer eight-pointer. And I, I remember being, like, so pumped for you. But I, I didn't hear the story yet. 
So that's what we're here for because I said, just save it. Just save it. In case you need a guest host, just save it. We'll do it. I'm not going to lie. This is really, really – this is fun, but this is really strange because I'm not used to being the subject. So it's it's different. But no, it was uh, it was pretty cool. So the, the place that I hunted, um, I had talked to you about it earlier in the year like – now this is up at your cabin, yeah? No, this is so. This is actually a property I got permission on last okay. season. This okay. is one of my farmers that I work with. Benefits of uh, benefits of the job here. Exactly. Perks. Perks. One, one of the first times that it worked in this manner. Yeah. But uh, no, they the first year I worked with this grower, uh, was driving me around in the area, showing me his farms. Like the first time we were, he ever you know hired me, and he drove. Uh, like up this mountain road from this one farm that he had going back ways to go to another farm. And on the way he goes, Oh yeah, my dad owns that place. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, what does he own that for? Eh, he bought it cheap. I was like, Oh, okay. And uh, I said, yeah, it's 30 acres of mountain land or something like that. I don't know. And he's like, yeah, we see a lot of bear there. Well, that perked my ears up. Yeah. By the way. Bears. Well, yeah. Tell okay. me more. That's, yeah, exactly. And I said, well, does anybody hunt it? Uh, sometimes the Amishmen come up from Chester County and they come. He goes, but I don't know. He goes, I said, well, can I check it out for bear hunting? Yeah, shoot some deer while you're at it. So I hung cameras there last year for bear. But in the process, I noticed there was good deer. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to this year, um, I have a tag in my hand and there was pretty good buck on the camera. So I, uh, this was the first hunt that I did that was not at my house this year. Yeah. Um, so my wife had it planned out. The kids were with her all weekend. She said, you got the weekend to hunt. I'm like, okay, I'll take advantage of that, even though it was 70-some degrees. Yeah. Uh, so this spot, my buddy Mike and I hunt. And Mike has hunted with me now for uh, somewhere between five and ten years. And he's kind of at that point where he's starting to, like, not have me take him like he's he's learning stuff he's yeah. doing stuff on his own and when when we got this place he started like he got some of his own cameras and was running his own cameras like i ran some of mine last year and i had uh i had a cell camera at this one spot but he did all the cameras and sick and i scouted it on foot a couple times but he did some on his own and he was running his cameras and i said i'm gonna let you decide everything you want to do here so you tell me you and uh said okay and we got before season he wanted two locations he had cameras he wanted to ping hang-ons so we hung them and uh like the end of september those spots really like dipped off yeah so he had he'd hunted a couple times and was seeing deer but not seeing what he wanted i said look i said you need to stop relying on those cell cameras i said go pull some of those other cards and then he, he pulled them the week before i shot my buck and he pulled them and said uh yeah, you know where you hung the cell camera last year? I'm like, yeah, I hung it. I remember. He goes, hey, there was there was a lot of good buck coming past there. He goes, but we don't have a stand there. I said, that doesn't matter. I said, I could make that work. So I decided that day that the, the property is like a north-facing slope, and it was a hmm. – I forget what the wind direction was even calling for that day, but it wasn't overly windy, and even though it was hot, the air was pulling down. The thermal hmm. was pulling down the hill a lot hmm. in the shade. Oh, yeah, that's and, true, because you're on the north side, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know what to think. Like, when I was working my way in, I knew where I wanted to hunt, but I wasn't sure if I could sit where I wanted mm -hmm. just because of that. But the whole time I'm walking out the ridge, 
and I'm checking the wind, it just kept pulling down or it was pulling the direction that I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm just going to try this. So, um, North Face and Slope, there's like towards the bottom of the property, there's a pretty dominant logging road. And when I had scouted it before, um, the, 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 the ridge above it, like you can see from all those points and those benches down onto that road. Yeah. And I'd seen a lot of deer beds and rubs and stuff. And I thought I can't walk that road because if anything's bedded there, it's going to see me. So I dropped down below that road on a, a side hill, basically. And I just walked the side hill out real slow that afternoon. And I had a pin. I knew roughly where I never walked that part of the property that way before I knew yeah. where I was, but I to go where and I had a pin to where I wanted to go. And I got up, I walked perpendicular straight up the hill to the logging road. Okay. And then I kind of looked at it where I wanted to sit and I picked a tree. It was, it was, there was a very small hollow that went up the, the, the side hill here. Mm. And there was a bunch of logging roads and like switchbacks that intersected right at this hollow. Okay. And like, the deer just naturally used a lot of those. I mean, sure. was, there was trails and stuff that led, but that, that was where a lot of stuff had congregated. So I picked the tree, um, at the bottom side of the, lo- of the one logging road and it worked perfect cause there was a hemlock tree and halfway up it was knocked off dead. Oh, okay. So I climbed up and I was basically like, I had my platform. I took my saddle, I had my platform, uh, above that. So I could shoot over top of it, but I'd cover in the front. Yeah. So I, I got set up and it took me a while to get set up. I'm still not used to saddle. This is the first year I really did any of it. Oh, okay. So, um, I, I did a little bit in the past, but I mean, this was the most I did, but anyway, I'm still getting figuring out how, how I want to get my setup. But I got situated and I didn't see any deer that night except for the buck that I shot, but I was, uh, I was in the tree and I wanted to ask you, do you ever bring rattling antlers with you? Mm-mm. Neither do I. But for some reason, I, I, before I left my house, I have a, they're real antlers on paracord. I had them hanging up, um, on my, above my workbench. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I looked at them. I thought, you know, this property's not real pressured. I'm going to bring those with. I think that's a good situation to do it in. Cause that's the only reason I don't bring them. I'm like right. every buck I've seen that I rattled at, like went the other way so i don't bring them just for really for that reason i've never i had never rattled in a buck i've never i i rattled in one buck i would have shot it was mm-hmm. probably a nice three-year-old eight-pointer mm-hmm. he he came in within five minutes after i rattled and he he took a, he went around a damn breast and walked through like boulders of rocks hmm. to get downwind yeah and he stood there for 45 minutes and, or not 45 minutes, five, four to five minutes. And then he finally got, you know, had enough and started out and I never got a shot at him. That was the only good buck I ever rattled in. Mm-hmm. Everything else in my life was just, you're in half olds. Yeah. Come in. I've, I've done that a lot of times on the farm, rattled stuff like that. And yeah, I, I mean, I have great success with, with uh grunt call, including blind, like I blind grunt. Yeah. If I'm sitting between doe bedding areas and it's thick, I blind grunt. I still every think now and this then. is my favorite call. <laughs> yeah, it works. It I, works. That's been my best one. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I looked at those. I thought I'm going to bring those with because this property again, it's it's weird because there's hunting pressure around it, and the the guy that owns this land 
has a lot of people that hunt his properties. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy owns a lot of ground, but they yeah. all hunt the farm country ground. Right. And since I've been there, there hasn't been people there that I've seen. So I thought, eh, what the heck, I'll bring them with. And I had them in my backpack. And I had rattled one time about, I don't know, 5, 5.15. And I was just getting them and just tickling them a little bit and nothing. And got towards 6 o'clock. And I thought, you know, this is the time, a lot of the time, when I see the deer cameras or the hunting observations we have had, they work out the ridge. It seems like they go one direction on the ridge in the morning and they come back that way in the evening. Okay. And a lot of time they work the top of the ridge. I mean, mm-hmm. we get them coming, but they'll 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 work the top of the ridge, and then sometimes they'll trickle down the side hill and come down to where I'm at. Right. So I thought, well, thought, who knows? Maybe I can get a buck that's working the ridge to work his way down. So it was about six o'clock. Um, I grabbed the rattling antlers and just the same thing. I just started just press, just like young ones pressing a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't really bash into it hard. I just started tickling. And twisting the tines together, and I didn't rattle. I know I didn't rattle more than 15 seconds, but I think it was more like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I heard this. <laughs> I'm thinking, huh. that's a buck. Yeah. So, I mean, I re- immediately put the, bina- uh, the, uh, the binoculars, the put, put the antlers back in my backpack, and I'm like fumbling because it's on the front side of the tree. And at the same time, I'm looking up the ridge, and I see it's a buck. Well, I figured it had to be if it's running, right? So, I flipped around the other side of the tree and grabbed my binoculars. And when I looked at him, I'm like, Oh, I'm shooting this deer. There's not, it's not even a question. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know which buck it was. I'm, we had a bunch of buck that looked the same, but I just knew this is a good buck. Right. So right then went into kill mode, picked my bow up and grabbed my release. And he gets down right at the one intersection of the, the trails and, mm-hmm. And he's at that point, he stops and he's facing me and he's probably like 20 to 25 yards, but he's like, you know, ears pinned, looking, looking. And then he, he starts trotting down he runs across the road. Now he's 15 yards. Now he slows down and he starts doing the walk. And I, I, he's getting to a point where he's almost under me and I draw back and I'm looking for him to give me enough broadside that I can shoot. And I'm also trying to weave it because there was, there was some like, lights branches and just twigs yeah and i'm trying to figure out the right spot and he finally gets to a point where he he turns pretty well and it was pretty quiet that night and i i'm not opposed to stopping deer but i don't always like the yep um and when it was that close a lot of time i just something like that right just to get him to like kind of slow down what's that well he was not he was just jacked up he was looking for this so i had i was you know doing all that he wouldn't stop so i just out of desperation because he was almost to a point where he was going to be had too much brush i couldn't shoot Mm -hmm. i just stopped him well then of course he stopped and when he stopped um he kind of he was like taking a a step forward and then he he came back and you know had his legs standing there and he was quartered towards me which i don't like taking that shot but he was literally at this point he was 12 yards yeah and I was looking at it, I was like, I can definitely get both of his lungs. So I just put my pin on him and just said, pull, 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 pull. That bow went off. Nice. And I didn't see the arrow hit, nothing. But he wheeled around, ran 15 yards back onto the logging road and stopped. And was looking back like, what the heck just happened? It's like, oh, geez. I quick grabbed another arrow. I was drawing back, getting ready to shoot him again. And he just took off. And he went 
up the side hill. I mean, this this is like a side hill up here. Yeah. Straight up the side hill on a logging road, but he just kept going and going and going. I'm like, I have never seen a fatally wounded deer do this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard it. I've just never seen it. Yeah. And I'm looking at my binoculars and I can hear him coughing. And, oh, oh. I remember you, you, yeah. we talked on the phone. You called me and you were like, I'm, I'm real worried. I don't know. He went I'm, straight up a hill. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I mean, it was, and it was one of those things. Like I talked to you that night and a couple other people because yeah. like you get so worked up. Oh, it's like I, I needed the, people to talk the, sense to me. I know the feeling. You, you just do. And like, yeah. I just wanted people to just tell me what to do, even though in the back of my mind, I knew what to do. But yeah, I mean, that's part of why we have buddies in hunting, right? Like, you know, the shot you made and what to do with it. But like when you're in that moment, it's the same thing. Like when people are in the hospital and like, like, like I'm a nurse, but mm-hmm. if my family's in the hospital, I feel differently than Right. You know, it's the same idea. You want your buddies to be like, yeah, you need to do this. It's just validation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know the feeling. But uh, so what was the recovery like? I don't. Did it take you? Did you go right after it? What was the uh, recovery was actually easy. But like as, as this deer was going up the hill, I mean, I kept thinking he was dead just walking on his feet. But because he, he made it up to the edge of the ridge and just before he got to the bench, he stopped and was swaying. He was coughing. I could actually see blood coming out of mm, his mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, got, you did tell me that. Then right? he got up to the ridge and laid down. Okay. And I thought, well, he's going to die there. Yep. Well, then he got up and he walked farther. And when he started walking again, I lost him behind a big a cluster of trees. And he, I never saw him come out the other side. I thought, well, two, one of two things happened. Either A, he laid down behind those trees and I just didn't see it. Or B, he turned and walked straight away from me. Right. Well, the fact that he laid down and within two minutes he got back up again, mm-hmm. I just kept thinking. I was doing the whole second guessing. Did I hit him where I think I hit him? Mm-hmm. I've kept thinking, was it quartering? It was quartered towards me. Did I actually hit him back for? So was it I a realized? was it a full frontal shot or just no. quartered? Okay. It was quartered. Like yeah. I mean, if I would have, hit, I mean, I hit him right where I was aiming. I should have aimed a little bit more forward to get both lungs, but I still think I got. I got the front lung. I got his liver. The diaphragm and yeah. it through and it, it went through the yeah. Front usually, of the if you get diaphragm, it's it's a kill because you just collapse both end up collapsing both lungs. If exactly, you puncture a hole, and that it. and that's what ended up happening. But I just again was overly nervous. So when he went behind that, I back. I just got out of my tree and went back to the truck, and that was when I called you. Yeah, I was talking to you about it, and uh, you were like, "Oh, I think in an hour to ninety minutes, you're you're fine." Yeah, and, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think you're right." But I just kept going, what if? And I ended up talking to a couple other people. I talked to my uncle, and I talked to uh, Otto, who's um, my good friend, has is, has a tracking dog, has a lot of experience too. And he was on the extreme end of things, and he's like, he's like, go back at 9 o'clock. I shot him at 6, go back at 9 o'clock. And I was thinking, that sounds a little bit long. And then in the meantime, I ended up, my buddy that I hunt with, he was at a football game. And he's like, just go back to my house. He said, I'll meet you there. And then we'll both go look for the deer. I was like, mm. all right, that sounds good. Well, till we got there, it was mm-hmm. like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. So it really mm-hmm. was three mm-hmm. hours. But uh, the recovery was, I mean, I just went up the side hill, the last place we had blood. And I said to him, we got like three quarters of the way up the hill. I said, I want you to stand here and just listen. Because yeah. if I crest this hill and he gets up and runs, you'll be able to hear where he goes better than I will. Right. 
So he did that, and I crested the ridge, and when I got up, I shined my light to where he was bedded, and then I panned my light over like three feet, and there he laid. To, you nice. know, he only late went you know, another five yards and lay down again. Oh, that's, that's where he was dead. What a relief. So he was definitely dead. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple, so you could go on extremes for that. Right. Cause maybe you only hit one lung. Right. Or not, not saying that you did, but if in theory, that could be a one lung shot. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, what do you say? 12 yards, 12 yards. Yeah. Right. So like your angle could have been steep. One lung shots kind of suck because they can go a long time on one lung, especially if you don't hit a diaphragm. So, I've seen one lung shots where they die instantly and one lung shots exactly. where they went a Exactly. So what, what, the, what ends up being the difference is, is the part of the lung that you hit, obviously. Um, whereas if you, if, you, if you take out like a lot of major blood vessels when you hit that one lung, well, that's what's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you hit one lung, it's like the base of the lung and you just hit a lobe and then that's it. Like you're talking. But if you let that deer go for three hours, he's going to die mm-hmm. because – he'll just, he'll, he'll bleed out in his chest cavity and not know it. But if you bump a deer with one lung like that, they'll go forever and then they'll just close up that hole. And then you're kind of out of luck, you know, mm-hmm. cause they can go a long time on one lung. Sometimes they might not even die. Um, that's pretty uncommon. Usually they, yeah, it's definitely a rarity. Yeah. Usually they die if you hit them in one lung, but it's, it's possible that they could live. So I think what you did was right. Like, you know, but, it was extreme. Yeah, it was extreme. But I think like the good the good thing is about people are like it's so hard to wait. Like that's the hardest time to ever be patient in the woods is when you shot at a deer. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you want to check the arrow, see if there's blood, it was a hair, did I miss? Like what was it? And I think what you did was good because you took into account like it was extreme. A lot of people think an hour is extreme. But sometimes a double lung hit deer can take an hour to lay down and die, mm-hmm. depending on, again, depending on, you know, what other major blood vessels you caught in that. It might take a while. Judging where the deer died, how, you know, how stiff he was and everything else, I think he was dead within an hour oh, of yeah. shooting him. Oh, yeah. He probably was dead in 20 minutes. He probably was. Yeah. But the real deal is, is there's no reason to have anxiety about waiting an hour. Like... Your meat ain't going bad in an hour. If you're worried about the meat, it ain't going bad in an hour. Like think we were talking about this. Like think about like the guys that hunt in the West. They take that animal out of the skin as soon as whenever they get to it, Mm -hmm. probably an hour or longer, depending on how long it was. They get it out of the skin and then it's in their camp for five days. However, they take care of it. Maybe they, maybe they got a cooler or, you know, maybe they, um, brought plastic bags and are putting it in creeks at night or something like that. But as long as you keep it in the shade, it's not going to go bad. Like keeping it dry and just yeah. keeping it like getting that, that animal temperature down to whatever the air temperature right. is. So, you know, whether that is like, if you quarter your animal out, if that's like making slits down to the bone, cause the bone will hold heat, like things like that. Um, that's important. But like it, ultimately when you're going after a deer, your best results with a bow are to at least bare minimum always wait an hour unless you saw it fall over right. like if you if you heart shoot that deer it runs 40 yards and it tips over like you're good yeah you, like you can go yeah, get that deer. exactly but like uh, if you don't see it you should wait at least an hour and then you need to think about your shot so like we were talking i i hit a i hit a 10 pointer 
two week, a week, a week ago. Yeah. yeah a week ago. And, um, I thought that I liver shot him and we waited five hours to start the track and probably bumped him. Like, I think we wind bumped him when we went back in to start looking, but he still had, you know, blood, but the blood was like getting more sparse. So that's why we got, we got a dog or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, ended up not finding with dog and ended up going, just doing investigating. And I found him, he, but he was very alive, you know, Mm. um, he, uh, he, ran across a boulder field and then scaled a side hill. Like no problem. Like he's not hurt. <laughs> yeah. Did you go over and see it with him with by the bed? Like, uh, so I found a bed, a bed with blood in it, tracked it down a hill, lost blood. I was with one of my buddies and we dropped down to where the big buck always goes into this area. We dropped down, we swept two benches, didn't find anything. We come up to a third one, which is not really a bench. It's more like a bigger flat below mm-hmm. like a cliff. And, um, he's like, I'm just going to circle out to the end of this. And if he's down there, I'll holler or whatever. And just make sure he's not laying over there. He walked down and he texts me. I just kicked up a bunch of deer. And then two minutes after I get the text, he's like, I got him. I got him. And I'm like, what? And I like start running through the woods. Like, I can't believe you got him. And I hear something running and I like look to my right and there goes my buck just flying across these boulders. Now he said it was bedded in rock. Like it was bedded in a big patch of boulders. I've seen him do that. And he said when it stood up, it like was staggering. He's like, it looks really hurt. And I'm like, he didn't look hurt when I saw him. He was (laughs) leaping 12 feet across those rocks. It was definitely the deer I hit. He has a defined uh, he's got a four on his right side. That's really, really long. Okay. So I recognized, like I saw him right away and I was like, it was definitely a deer I hit. And there was little spots of blood every now and then. Okay. So I must, I think what I, I think what I, I thought I hit liver cause I hit him, you know, I grunted him in and he came like, he was like, what, what is in my, where is it? You yeah. know? And he was like doing one of the looks around and, um, he, was coming so fast. And I remember drawing my bow while he was behind laurels. And I think I told you the story in the morning was like, it was a messed up day. But anyway, he, he came onto this trail. And when he came, I realized my face mask's in my way. I'm pulling that down, getting, I'm like, Oh, he's in my 20 lane. and pulled my face mask down. And by the time I got resituated, I thought he was at 20 yards, but he was more like 28 yards. Oh, like he had taken like two or three steps yeah. and I didn't really realize it. Cause I'm, you know, you're all, well, here's the moment of truth. And he was still kind of walking slow at 20 yards. That wouldn't really matter. And I, I didn't, I forgot to stop him and I probably should have, cause he was walking slow, but maybe fast, especially at 30 yards. Right. So I ended up hitting him low. And to me, it looked like I was three or four inches above the white. So that would be a lip bottom of the liver shot. Right. I think in reality, like I think if, if I, in my mind, that's what I saw, mm-hmm. but your mind plays a lot of tricks on you in that moment in time. So I think he didn't drop, he didn't duck the string at all. Cause he was so pissed off. Like he right. didn't even run. Like when I hit him, like I remember hearing a pop, and I was like, oh, I got his diaphragm. Maybe I got his diaphragm because he was maybe quartered away a little bit. But I think what ended up happening is I probably heard the bottom of his ribs cracking. 
And then I think I went through his brisket. I don't think I even, I don't even think I breached his body cavity. There was a little muscle on the, on the arrow. And then when I, when you look at it again, and there is, there is a bit of fat on it. Like, okay. like the back end of it has a, a good amount of fat on it. But the tracker thought it was good blood. He was fairly confident it was liver. Like, I don't know. That's tough. It is. He didn't. If it was liver, he was alive 30 hours later. Yeah, when we found him, it was 30 hours. Not so. common? Is it possible? Yeah, it's probably possible. But I often wonder, too, when you say it's possible, you probably didn't hit where you thought you hit. Like you're, right. like you're already saying. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe I'll get pictures of him. I haven't hunted him again. Okay. I don't. Not that I don't want to. I just, I don't really know. I mean, I boogered him up good, man. We caught up to him twice. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's going to be pretty smart. I think, um, the bed that we found him in is where I suspect that he doesn't bed right now. I think he beds close to where I hunt him or where we tend to hunt the big one every year. I think where he was bedded was where he tends to bed during during the summer and during the early like early half of the season um so i don't know but it's hard to say i mean the one thing i've learned with a lot of game is they take you to the places they feel the most safe yeah and uh i mean that was that was evident with stuff already i mean this year i didn't even tell you that story and it's probably not not enough time but the the bear that jason shot in jersey um that was quite the blood trail but the place where they found it was in a, a tunnel of briar brush. No. And like you, you literally could not walk through it. You had mm-hmm. to crawl, army crawl through it. And they yeah. they found blood going into it and they army crawled into this spot and literally did one of these and whoop, there's a bear laying there dead. Yeah. Like, you know, for me to you away kind of deal. The only time to ever get the animal to avoid going where it's safe is to A, either shoot it through both lungs or heart shoot it because then most of the time you're going to either a like you like you did watch mm-hmm. it lay down once or twice or or b it's just going to tip over and uh, the biggest thing for me uh, i think I, I i know this but it really reiterated it was like when you're excited like talking to people who have this have experience and like can make sense of it to you because i was like when i uh when I shot, I, I called I called my uncle and my buddy right away. Mm-hmm. They're actually hunting together, and you know they're the people that I call first for everything, right? And uh, I'm, I'm telling them about the whole thing, and I said, I, I think I got to back out. I just got to back out. And one of them, I can't remember which one said, uh, was it that said, "Well, if you get down and go over to your arrow, are you going to be at a spot where he can see you?" Yeah. I'm like, well, no. He's like, well, then just sneak over real slow get your arrow and see what it looks like because i could see it in the from the tree in my right. binoculars he's like just go over and get your arrow look at it he goes if he can't see you and you walk quiet you'll be fine like yeah i wouldn't have thought of that and i went over and looked at the arrow that didn't really help my confidence but mm. it was like just little things like that and then you know I, I i talked to you and you gave me a lot of thoughts like yeah aaron's right aaron's right and I, I talked to otto and after we found the deer i you know sent my pictures out to everybody and i, I remember i was talking to to Otto, mm-hmm. and he uh, he just said, "You did everything right." And I I said, "Thank you." I said, and I said to him, "I said, I know what I'm doing, but boy, does it really help to have people with more experience 
tell me that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there's always a time where they're wrong, but it is, it's so helpful to have that. Like I have my, um, my best friend, I grew up with him. Um, you, you, uh, do work on it. Adam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Good. Yeah. So he, he's always like the, I text him first most of the time or I'll mm-hmm. call him first. And, um, most of the time I'm like, oh, I don't know, dude. And he's like, you're fine. I know how you shoot, you know? And he did that with this deer. I think he was trying to be nice this time, but like I made a frontal shot two, two years in 21. I made a frontal shot. Okay. And I was like, Oh, I shouldn't have taken that shot. It was the only shot I was going to get. Okay. Cause that deer, like there was a seven pointer in front of him and that deer kept trying to come out around me to get, he knew I was there, but he just couldn't like, he looked at me a few times, but he just couldn't put it together. And he kept trying to go out to the edge, like to my side to catch my wind. And finally he like got the balls to go around the edge of me. And like, he, he busted me and that 10 pointer jumped out under the trail and all I could see was his chest and he was about to run. So I was like, now or never. Were you in a tree? I was in a tree. Okay. I was low. I was only like 12 feet up. And, uh, he was 12 or 13 yards. And, um, I just, I picked that hole. I guess I hit him basically in the hole on the left side. Yeah. And it came out his right groin, yeah. like my, my arrow. And I, I don't know if I hit the heart or not. Cause we did the gutless method and I never pulled it out mm-hmm. to look, but, um, there was blood everywhere. The trail was not great initially. Um, but about 30 yards in, like just opened just up, followed it. And I mean, he went 40 yards, maybe. Oh, geez. If you can get in that hole, it's, it's very a great shot. The problem is on a white tail, it's really small. I would never take that shot. Well, a, I would never, ever take that shot at 10 yards or less. So he was getting close to that because then if you're doing that, like your angle's almost straight down. So what happens From a tree is, stand, right. right. So what happens is, is you just end up scraping his whole brisket at, at that steep of an angle, or you'll hit him in the head. You know what I mean? Like if something, something goes wrong there. The other thing that happens with a frontal shot is it'll go in one part of the, sh- it'll go in between the shoulder and the ri- and the chest cavity, but never go into the chest cavity. So then it just, they just got narrow in their side for the rest of their life or something yeah. like that, which kind of sucks. So if you're going to take that shot, you need to absolutely like I'll, I put my target in a frontal and I'll shoot it out of a saddle. And then I look at those angles and I'll shoot it closer and further away and see like how flat it is. Or, you know, if I'm, if I'm 18 feet up, I might not take that shot at any range because my angle is probably going to be steep. It just depends, but they're lethal shots. If you can take them, it's a very lethal shot. It's just, it's, it's a lower percentage shot. Like it's, it's a lower, it's it's a high risk, high reward type of shot. I think the thing that probably, no, this is kind of funny, but I think the thing that probably helped me the most learning how to shoot that way is like, I've shot a lot of deer in the, in the front with a rifle. Right. Me too. I shouldn't say a lot, but I've shot a couple. I think I shot, I don't know, five or six deer in the chest like that. So. My favorite part about those is if you hit them between the front shoulders like that in the clavicle space like that, it is like the cleanest deer to butcher. Oh, yeah. There's zero wasted meat on those deer. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is great. Um, yeah, and it, especially if you do, when you do the gutless method okay. with it, like, you're, there's no 
no mess like yeah. at all. So it's nice. We I do that for most of my public land. Okay. Public land. I have a quarter. Now I'm still a meathead, and we drag everything out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quarter mile rule. If I gotta, if if I'm on private, if I'm on the farm, I always drag it out because I can well, yeah, drive to wherever. Because most of the time, when you're on a private land, you don't have to drag it more than twenty yards until you get to somewhere where you can drive with something. Yeah, Especially exactly. If you got ATVs, man. Exactly. But on on public, you know, I don't like. This year we packed Jared's deer out. That was. That wasn't too bad of a pack out. It was like uh, about a little over a mile, not mm-hmm. not too far. So when you pack them out, do you have the same pack with you? I that do. You so it's, yeah. you can pack out right then and there? Yeah, sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that, and maybe I should. This year I got – I forgot, like, usually I put, like, a plastic bag between my bag and the – and my bag got all – I forgot the bags. My yeah, bag you're was telling all me about bloody. it. Was, like, disgusting. The peroxide worked pretty good on that. Good. It came out, but um, – yeah, I I usually I like I'm kind of like a one in one out kind of guy, but I wasn't in good as shape this year as I was. Like I guess I was just doing like getting ready for Colorado and hunting elk, so I was like in real good shape last year. And I'm not in bad shape. It was just this year. I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff to pack in this bag, you know. So there was a couple times where like I like to put all my clothes in my backpack, probably overkill, but I just. I've lost a couple pairs of pants, like dropped things, and I don't like to do that. So I end up putting everything in my pack, but it's kind of a pain because you're packing, unpacking, repacking, and it's like, ugh. I think, I think it depends on how far I go, but I think it's worth it to just ride back to the truck and unload your stuff and end or get a, get the pack in the truck and then, you know, come back out. Yeah, so far I've been doing the whole like kill kit back at the truck. If I kill something, I'll worry about it then. But some of the places you go, I mean, I, I know some of the places you go, and yeah, it's, it's kind of be nice to just have it with you and do it right then and there. Yeah, if it's a mile, it's not bad. But when it's like somewhere between three and five, or you know, it depends on how steep it is. That sucks when you gotta like go in and out. Well last just looking for that deer i put on 20 miles on my bike and 18 walking in, in those a day two day, in, well in two well two days i was gonna say there's no way you did that in a day the Holy first cow. the first was 15 miles biking and uh, uh six miles walking or no 12 miles walking and then the next day was um because we also i kept i helped troy pack his deer out right. so um he got lucky we had another guy helping us with that so he uh he had four people to pack his deer out we each had like a hind quarter (laughs) yeah Yeah. i didn't know i had a deer on my back yeah exactly (laughs) um so that was like an extra bike in and out and then bike back in and whatever but um uh yeah the first day i put on 15 miles on the bike and 12 miles and then uh five and six the next day goodness I was tired for a couple of days after that. Yeah, you that. had to be. You probably <laughs> slept good the next day. Yeah, not really. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I'd, I'd tease you, but, you know, it happened to me. But you know what? The, the stuff we were talking about between, like, the learning experiences, the shot experiences, and, and stuff like that, like, you you brought something there earlier. You were talking about, uh, like, how long to wait. Like, an hour's not long to wait. Yeah. Like, a lot of that stuff, like, we're talking – because we've had the experiences and unfortunately I've learned the hard way too many times, like when yeah. it goes wrong. So it's, it's just easier to, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, Adam and I used to, uh, that was my only experience filming. Uh, we had like a, a nine millimeter, like the nine millimeter, uh, camcorder. And, um, we borrowed it from a friend and we were like, we're going to be like Bill Jordan. And <laughs> you know, yep. Like, I did it too. I was going to be Mr. Film. Yeah. Filmer. And, uh, Adam and I, I don't know why there was like two years where I didn't bow hunt. I think I outgrew my bow oh. or something. I think I outgrew my bow. I had a real small bow and it, the draw length was like way too short. And I was like, I had one on layaway at the sporting goods store for like a year or two or whatever. When I was like, you know, I think I was 14 or 15 years old, whatever. And I was like saving up for this new bow. And, um, Adam, uh, got a bow from his uncle and we were, oh, we're going to go film you hunt these, you know? So we were hunting together all the time and we would drive the tractor cause he couldn't, you know, if, uh, if his brother didn't want to wake up to drive us down to the, to the, he had, they have a couple, yeah. a couple farm. His brother didn't want to drive us down to the farm. He, we would fire up the John Deere and <laughs> no. two 14 year olds in the John That's Deere. That's awesome. And, um, we would, we would film, I have the VHS tape somewhere. Um, but we would film some bucks and he, the, the one day we went out, we all, we had a bunch of these double sets and his dad would like weld all this angle iron together and just put plywood on it, you know, and I had a couple double sets and, um, we went into this one set the one day and I don't, I couldn't tell you what the date was. It probably ended of October. There were bucks. There were a lot of bucks that day. And he had this like 20 inch wide eight point come in and he, he goes, how far is that? And I'm like, looks like 20 yards he shot like a mile over that thing's back he was like i was so nervous you know and it took off and he like looks over he goes here comes a little six pointer i'm like you gonna shoot it and he was like "Eh, yeah i'm gonna shoot it (laughs) and the deer was like ended up being like five yards away now mind you they we you know now it's cool to hunt low lower Mm-hmm. Um, you know, find a tree with cover. These trees were like giant oak trees. Like you couldn't hold hands and put your arms around them. Okay. Like big. And there were, we were in two of them and this, so we were like 20 feet up, probably 18 or 20 feet, maybe, maybe a little higher. And this, uh, the buck was only like five yards away and he shot it and it looked great. Like saw the arrow go in. It was right behind the shoulder but that was a one lung hit and 20 minutes later we're out of the tree i mean we're like 14 15 years old we're out of the tree and we're like where's this deer and there is blood everywhere like sprayed on the trees you look down the woods and it's just like you can see blood for 60 yards I'm like ah it's gonna be no problem he's gonna be right over here and we like started tracking this deer and a deer jumps up and we're like ah there's a doe you know, it was that buck, you know, and we like follow this thing down the hill, up the other side around. I think we tracked it for a mile, mile and a half. And then it stopped bleeding. And then his dad found it in a cornfield like three weeks later, complete different direction. So it lived a while because it mm. was, it was like 800 yards from opposite the direction we were looking. Oh, um, but he uh, ended up hitting it with the combine like a couple of weeks later, but um, and it was definitely the Bucky hit, but I don't remember the moral of that story. What we were, were talking we... about cameras, video, right? But the the point of the story is, is just like 
that the hour wait is what you're talking about oh, is yeah. like you just never know like if we would have given that deer i mean he was bleeding profusely if we would have let him lay down for an hour or two mm-hmm. an hour if we would have let him lay down for an hour without bumping him he probably would have died right there now we did you know we did wait like i remember we did at some point think we bumped him and waited another 20 minutes but like then you just keep bumping him like you got to stop doing that when they're you know one long hits are like a thing like if a deer is bleeding like that he's gonna die oh absolutely. and it's probably gonna be pretty quick but you need to just let him do it yeah because if they don't have the adrenaline jacked up to just keep going they're exactly. just gonna lay down because they deer, don't know what happened deer are full of it they are full of it especially when you chase them <laughs> yeah i mean they're they have a super flight flight fight or flight response so well, you got to keep grinding out because you still got a buck tag to fill. But I still got a buck tag to you, fill. You're you're gonna do it because you always find a way. Yeah, I should get an award for how many bucks I've seen. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's going. The seeing them is no problem this year. I'm I'm seeing a lot, but sometimes killing them is just one yeah. step above is a little tough. Yeah, not I'm, everybody gets to be a giant lucky turd like me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna be picky at this point, like. I'm a, I'm, my standards are low. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to shoot him. I just, just want to shoot, shoot him one. I, I like shooting him with my bow better than my gun. But when it's gun season, I just pick the gun up because it's. I was going to say, did you ever take the, the bow in gun season? No, because I end up, so if I'm, I'm, I usually hunt on the farm with my gun. I, I, I dabble in the public land thing for, with a gun, but I don't love to hunt hunt the public around here especially on the opener it's a little okay whoosh, a little i've muddy. never done it around here you know what i can't say i've ever been out on the opener i just know how many cars are in the parking lot right. on the opener i'm like Oof. sounds like something i don't want to be at okay um but that was kind of like deer camp growing up was the farm yeah like we they they used to have all the pastors come out like it used to be like 15 or 20 of us that that's not that way anymore it's their family and and my dad and my brother, you know, okay. and, uh, and that's it. So we, you know, it's kind of like nostalgic camaraderie kind of thing, go on the farm. Um, and I've killed quite a few bucks on the farm with my rifle, but, um, yeah, I'll probably, you know, I'll, I, the spot that I sit on the farm, everybody's got like their designated rifle stands. Right. It would not be like, it's it's over a really thick valley. I would have one 15 yard shot into the woods and then the rest is on a field edge. And yeah. in the rifle season, they don't really stop in the field. Like they'll like, they'll run and you get on them and then, and when they stop, you shoot. Yep. <laughs> Cause otherwise you're not getting the shot. Either that or it's going to be running open field. Yeah. Um, but I did, I've shot. It's kind of cool. Cause everybody's like, Oh, I'm sitting in the same stand. It's kind of, but then there's like that thing where it's like, it's not the same stand I've hunted since I was 12, but I've sat in that stand. This year would be my 10th or 11th season sitting in that stand. And I've shot like eight, maybe eight bucks out of that stand. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Just because it's like, I know every tree in that it, that in that little yeah, valley, yeah, and like yeah. you know, you think about oh, I remember I shot through that little hole. I took my wife there on one of her first deer hunts, 
she's gone like actually hunted with me out of it a couple times, but I don't remember that year. I don't think she was that year. She was just along. It was like the first year we got married and, um, I'd never really killed any big bucks till then. And this is by no means a big buck. It was like a two and a half year old nine pointer. And she's like, I'm like, you having a good time? And she's like, yeah, kind of wish we were seeing deer. And I'm like any minute now, my time is eight, eight, eight thirty. And as soon as I said that, I see a buck like running through the one field. And the way it is, is like the woods. It's kind of like a T, but the woods is in the way. And I'm like looking out at this field and the deer's running across. And I'm like, there's a buck. And we like looked at binoculars. Oh, it's a, I was like, that's a good one. And um, I don't know what happened, but it went to run down a power line cut. And it turned around and it like was going to run back the field. And I'm like, hey, because it was far. It was like. 135 yards i was like hey and it stopped and i had the like she's sitting here facing the deer and i have the gun like against the tree (laughs) boom and she was like what the heck (laughs) i didn't know you were gonna shoot (laughs) i remember the deer's leg like went up under him and he's running and he was going towards the other farm and i'm like oh no so i like rack another one i'm like hey and he stops again and i shot him again really yeah and um, I think I shot at him one more time because he kept going. I don't know how he kept going. I blew both his shoulders out and hit him through the heart here and then, like, up through. And I'm like, I don't know how that deer kept going. That's, that is crazy that they do that. Yeah, but he died right on the, in the fence row that split the farms. But, um, you know, I had, I've had so many good hunts in that stand so it's kind of neat like you know the little nostalgia to go there and hunt so what's well, the same thing with there. it going to camp like when i go with my dad and some of those guys there like they talk about some of the places that they go there's there's a few places that they talk about that there's so much history there mm-hmm. they, they talk and i've hunted those places and i'm like there's really nothing that spectacular about this spot yeah but it's like years ago it was and there's yeah. something to them to do that and like now me hunting there too like I kind of see it too. Like I enjoy being a part of that. Yeah. I shot my biggest buck out of that tree stand too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Cause Adam tagged out, uh, in bow season that year. And, um, he was glassing. He likes to just go out and watch, you know, it's rifle. And he was glassing like two miles down the road. And he's like, man, there's an 11 pointer running around in this field down here. He's like, and then he's, I'm getting like a play by play. He's like, Oh, now the neighbor came out. He's shooting at it. Oh, wait, he doesn't see it. He sees the other one. Oh, he just missed the other one. Like, you know, and he's like, boy, that would be neat if that deer crossed the line. <laughs> and then, like, you know, he's, he's, it's like 10 or 15 minutes. He's like, man, I haven't seen a buck like that all season. He's like, I don't know which direction he went. And next thing you know, this buck comes running out of the woods with these does and he's running these does in circles. I'm like, I'm like, holy crap. And I'm like, you know, and on the backside of this tree, there's all these vines that like hang down in my way. And I was trying to get him through these vines and he finally like stops and he does one of the things where he's kind of like quartered away and he like looks back in my direction and I shot and I shot right in front of his chest, like just, and I was like, how did I miss that shot? It's like 70 yards, you know? And he, I'm, I go to put another shell in and my gun jams and I'm like, Oh, like, Oh, come on. I like knock the bullet out and I 
put one in and he chases these does down into the valley and at that where that is i can't see into there because it's so thick and i'm like well that was that was great <laughs> giant buck running around in the field i'm pretty sure that's the one adam's telling i mean it didn't look like a you know he i think he knew that it was an 11 pointer and i was like that didn't look like an 11 pointer but it was big whatever it was because i was not looking at the antlers at all i knew yeah. i saw the three times and i was like legal and uh i'm there like i had the gun on my lap and i'm like i'm like all like kicking the you know i'm so angry because that was a bad season i had deer i had a 140 bust me with my bow and mm. like uh like 120 inch eight pointer bust i had a, uh, those are stories for another time <laughs> but I we see, don't have enough time for all the fail yeah this doe so i see the first doe come through and i'm like oh second doe comes through and i'm like oh and i waited a while and i'm like hmm. well that was hopeful and then i hear i'm like get my gun up and i'm like oh boy and the next doe comes through and i'm like he's gonna be next and i'm like <laughs> i'm like waiting for him to come out and he's like paralleling this valley and i'm like holy crap and um I made a shot at like 75 yards and he runs like he's not hit. So I shoot again and he's running like he's not hit. And then he like stops and he's angling up the hill to like break out in the field and I'm not going to get another shot. So I shoot again and I realized, Oh, he's down. Yeah. It was such a <laughs> steep angle. I was, so I hit him, I hit him behind the shoulder the first shot. And then I shot him a little bit lower behind the shoulder on the second shot while I was running through the woods. And then I hit him like back behind the last rib and out through the front shoulder on the third shot. So he wouldn't go in anywhere. <laughs> he put, pumped him full of lead. <laughs> anymore. He was a pin cushion. All good shots. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So yeah, he, so it's kind of cool. Like, and I, I said, to, I texted Adam and I was like, I got him. I got him. And it, right before, when he was telling me he saw this big buck, I'm like, I don't care. I'll take a 60-inch five-pointer right now. And he's like, which one did you get? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, not the 60-inch five-pointer. And I was like, no, I got the big one. And he was like, <laughs> so the next thing you know, he's like flying through the, the trucks, coming through the field, you know, he saw. And he like jumps out of the truck. He's like, yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. There's... For, I know everybody has their own thing, but to me, those deer hunting stories, the buck you shoot, the ones you miss, the ones that go like nothing just gets me. No, more and I that. love to hear I everybody else's story too. Like you know, getting to hear your story about the about your buck this year is just so it's so cool to hear those. Like I said, the coolest thing for me was I never rattled one in like that. I yeah, mean, he ran into the base of my tree, yeah. and that was so cool. Yeah, that is. That I mean, is. I've grunted them in, I've snort wheezed them in, but it was just neat to rattle one in. Yeah, but, but when when cool things like that happen, it makes my standards drop pretty low. <laughs> well, it was a bonus that this was a a, a dandy eight pointer. I mean, he really yeah. was. I mean, he was. I did pass up a real little deer this year. I, I'll. Yeah, you. It was early. I passed. Was, I you passed. Text me one. like I left him go. <laughs> I, I let him I, go. I, I couldn't do I it. I got pictures of him too, and I'm like, boy, I'm glad I passed that deer. Really. He's on the fence legal. He would be legal, but just barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I have no problem with anybody shoots, but I mean, I've just I I've just made it such a thing in my head now like 
it just doesn't like the the buck I shot in Jersey was like a year and a half old six pointer. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna sound terrible. I thought I've got a tag, why not? And I thought if I put a gut pile out here, maybe that would help with my bear hunting. <laughs> <laughs> like I would have shoot him. You know, but the other thing to say is, is maybe he made you a good shot for the buck that you did shoot. Maybe. Yeah, I think shooting does is what I need to do next year. I say you that. You should just year. keep holding back, holding back, waiting for a buck, waiting for a buck. Well, I end up going. So what happens is I'll go the first day and I'm like, I'm way out. And I'm like, I ain't shooting a doe way back here. Yeah. I can shoot a doe closer to the truck. And then I'll be like, besides, I know there's pictures. I know I'm a guy, you know, and then so I hunt. I hope hunt the opener for a buck and I was going to, I was planning to go down to Troy's house for that early season, but I didn't, um, I didn't get to, I don't remember why, but we didn't get to do it. And, uh, so I'm like, I want to hunt a buck this day. And then you just kind of, it just kind of like progressively piles on itself. Like, Oh, we'll go out here. We're going to hunt. This It's great. Uh, I'm not going to shoot it all here. (laughs) Like, and then you just, when you get to the end of October, you're definitely not hunting for a doe. <laughs> no, like I'm not, you know, and, I, and try to shoot a doe that time of year. It gets a little hard. Yeah, it is. It's trying a lot to hard. shoot a doe now is not easy. No, no, it gets easier in rifle again. Yeah, but like they're not easy to find. A because you know early October, they're all eating acorns. You know exactly where they're going. Yeah, go to food. You'll kill yep. a doe. Yep. Now you go to food. What's going to be chasing them? All them year and a half old bucks that want to harass them, so they don't yep. go there. They hide. <laughs> yeah. And now, yeah, you don't. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I I really need to do that next year's like shoot one or two. I think it'll help with. I have really bad buck fever, man. Yeah. And I like I made bad decisions this year. My mask was in my way. I should have stopped that deer. I don't normally like to stop deer either, but in that scenario, it's called for. Yeah because of how far he was how fast he was moving those kinds of things would have made a dip like i might have my biggest buck on the wall right now like yeah. he was by far bigger than anything i have like so it, it's those kind of things like and i think uh the doe shooting would probably help um and i think you know maybe maybe that little six pointer helped you out in the, you know in the long run maybe uh who knows? I mean, it it definitely helped the fact that he was twelve yards. Yeah. But you know, I was thinking about too. Like I've I've dealt with buck fever a long time, and I still do. But like, I, I've shot since since I started having shooting troubles since high school. Uh, I shot. I switched to a hinge release hunting. Mm. Hunting. I shot that for a long time, and uh, that's kind of like what got me to shoot better in for in the first place and be more patient with my shot yeah and i'm back to shooting a trigger release but just the 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 process of shooting a surprise shot i've done that on target but i've in the past few years every now and then i'd still struggle on game like getting anxious and yeah. wanting, wanting to get rid of that arrow but this year i did a really good job of practicing that shot sequence and then you know, using my thought process on game and like all the shots that I took this year were relaxed, squeeze, pull, pull, boom, there the bow goes yeah. off. And, and like to me, when I release an arrow like that and the arrow goes where I want it to go, like that's a win. Yeah. Like just, that's, that's big to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. 
Well, hey, man, I appreciate you uh, being the host on this this episode. This it's was, been this fun. Was fun. This, this was fun. I, I never got to do this before. This, yeah. this is cool. Maybe so, we'll have to make it a thing every now and then. I, I would absolutely. Hopefully we can do it uh, do it again, but we'll, we'll flip rolls again. And you kill a good one, and we'll be back at it. But I'm, I'm going to pick your brain about this bear hunting spot. You got my wheels turning. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, man.